0: it's the kind of role you just you dream of you know every artist wants to show their range every artist wants to be challenged and i was challenged in the best possible way
1: you're listening to skip intro with me krista smith there are few artists as diversely talented as janelle Monet. as someone who refuses to be limited by labels Janelle leapfrogs seamlessly from one creative pursuit to another, showing fearlessness and her desire to continuously explore not only herself, but the world around her. After growing up in Kansas, Janelle briefly attended the American Musical and Dramatic Academy in New York City before relocating to Atlanta to strike out on her own. As a budding musician, her unique fusion of rock, funk, hip-hop, and R&B caught the attention of Prince and Stevie Wonder, both of whom became mentors to Janelle as she progressed along her artistic journey. In fact, Prince worked on Janelle's album, Dirty Computer, prior to his passing. After establishing a successful career in music, an art form she has explored heavily through the lens of her alter ego, an android named Cindy Mayweather, Janelle turned her sights on acting, making her debut in the Oscar-winning film Moonlight. Since then, she's appeared in films like Hidden Figures, Harriet, The Glorias, and Antebellum, feeding a flourishing film career while simultaneously balancing her many other creative accomplishments. In fact, she recently became a New York Times best-selling author after publishing her first book, The Memory Librarian and other stories of dirty computer. Now she transforms herself into Cassandra Andy Brand, a pivotal player in Ryan Johnson's Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. Janelle stars alongside a killer ensemble led by Daniel Craig, who returns as the master sleuth Benoit Blanc. I am so happy to talk to you.
0: I'm happy to talk to you. I've been seeing you in London, seeing you around... So it's good to, you know, finally be able to have some one-on-one time.
1: Absolutely. And it's been such a great journey, this film. From when I first saw it in the summer and I was like, oh my God. (laughs) Your performance and you just so popped for me. And it was really exciting to see because just you as an artist has always been a treat for me to witness. Regardless of what form it's being expressed in. And I just feel like... There's a cinematic quality to kind of everything you do, and I love the way Ryan just captured that in this film. So I'm just going to jump in with, for you, what spoke to you about Ryan Johnson and this project? I mean, obviously, Knives Out was a huge film this is the the second in this series. So, but what for you as the artist for for you're going to spend your time in in this world and with him and these people? What really spoke to you about it?
0: Well, thank you so much for uh, saying all those wonderful, wonderful things about the work that I've done. You know, to date, I, I feel like I'm I'm just sort of getting started. Uh, as much as I like when I discover new things about myself, it's like, ah, oh, wow, okay, this is a new level all right let's explore this side of who you are and what you thought you knew about yourself um so it means the world to just have your support over the years and 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 to you know yeah to for for you to see anything that would that would make you excited about what it is that i'm doing i try my best to have fun and i think that's exactly one of the words that i that that i felt when i read the script um also, I had wanted to work with Ryan Johnson for many moons. I came in on uh his film Looper mm. and I'm a big sci fi nerd and I just felt like Ryan was doing something very innovative in that space and so I went down this rabbit hole of just watching everything he had done from brick to you know, obviously I had seen the Star Wars stuff, I had seen um the original Knives Out, and I was a fan of that, and 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 I sort of said yes in my mind already before reading the script <laughs> that it's a yes. If Ryan Johnson reaches out to me, it's a hell yes. Like I'm sitting on my couch, <laughs> you know, eating potato chips and sweatpants, um, and Ryan Johnson, you know, I think is one of those directors and writers that just gets it you know, he gets tone, he gets um, characters, he Mm. gets world building. And I was just blown away by the script.
1: Mm. It is just a great, it's so neat. I imagine that I mean, I've seen the film many times now at this point, and I wonder, but I have not looked at the script. But I, but I feel like what you what you see in the film is obviously just exactly how it is on the script. Is is that true?
0: What I saw on the page, I was already a fan of. I was already excited about seeing, it. and I was like, if they can just execute whatever what I'm seeing in my head as I'm reading this, then you know, they're, they're, this is going to be an incredible film. Um, then when I watched it, I, I watched this film by myself in a small theater alone and I <laughs> I was just in that theater by myself laughing hysterically. I didn't see Janelle Monet in this role. I, I I didn't I just saw the characters that Ryan had created and they were better. They were actually better than what was on the page. Like I think he assembled like the best of the best. Everybody was destined to do these roles. Hmm.
1: So when you were reading this for the first time, you didn't know who did it either. Right. I would assume that that Ryan I did, did she... not. Oh, so delicious.
0: <laughs> I had no clue. And when it, and, and when we got to the twist of it all and uh, I was just like, wow, I, I, I didn't see that coming. And it was super smart. And, you know, when you watch the film the first time, even when I I've seen it probably four or five times now and I'm noticing new things. I'm like, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. And then the second time I watched it, I just remember being like, wow, Brian really had the nerve to put those clues right in front of my face. It was like, clearly it was there all along who did Mm -hmm. it. So that's the beauty of his writing too, is that when you watch it that second or third time, you're going to discover new things.
1: Oh, it's so good. And and the visuals and your writing, like your mind catches up with it. But uh, I have to say he was just, so astute in casting you in this part uh, for the duality of it and for the complication of it and for the comedy of it. And I love that you got to be so funny in it. I mean, you have a lot of laughs in this. And yes, Bertie J, a lot of characters, obviously, Benoit Blanc, like you said, uh, you know, when just his being can be funny at times. But <laughs> you had a lot of physical comedy in this. How was that for you to to try on and play at?
0: I love comedy and I don't, I don't, I don't think, you know, prior to this film, I've had an opportunity to really show that side of me uh, and get a character that allows for that. I mean, this character, Krista, is a dream, Mm -hmm. a dream role because I got an opportunity to play. I got an opportunity to have those uh, comedic moments, those deep, emotional, dramatic moments. I did action like I'm grateful for everything I've done prior to doing this film because I don't think I would have been prepared, mm-hmm. you know, had the tools to be able to to go from all those different energies um, that my character had to possess. And I'm just so happy and honored and thankful that Ryan trusted me with this role. But it's the kind of role you just you dream of. You know, every artist wants to show their range. Every artist wants to be challenged. And I was challenged in the best possible way. Hmm.
1: And also what I think is for an audience member, what I appreciate about his writing and, and just with this series in particular is yeah, I love a Who Done It as a kid. I loved, you know, Nancy Drews and Agatha Christie's and Sherlock Holmes or anything like who who did it? Anything that was kind of like using my brain. But what Ryan is able to do in this, which I think is so interesting, is he's reflecting kind mm-hmm. of the moment that we're living in. And that's what I just think is so brilliant. And he did it, too, even in the original Knives Out. But like in this one in particular, like just dealing with all of the modern technology and all of these things that we're talking about and are there in the headlines today. And he weaves it into the story and he makes these characters also believable that not one puzzle piece could fit without the other. You can't see anybody else in these roles once you've seen it on film. And I think that is just such a gift as a director and a writer to be able to create that. So part of that I wanted to talk to you about is obviously working with Daniel Craig. You know, he I remember seeing him first in opposite Gwyneth Paltrow in Sylvia. It was about Sylvia Plath's life story. Gwyneth playing Sylvia and Daniel Craig playing Ted Hughes, her her husband, and just being like, who is this guy? actor. Who is this person? Mm. And to see what he's done with his career, and I know you've seen his films, your chemistry is amazing in The Glass Onion. It's so, it, it it is a giant part of the movie. If that doesn't work, nothing else does. Can you talk a little bit about working with him and what that was like, just your first scene together and him as kind of a, an acting partner?
0: Oh, he is the, the the ultimate gentleman. Such a gentleman, so complimentary, fun too, very fun, funny, a great, wonderful sense of humor. Um, He would always have his camera, you know, taking pictures of all of us, like capturing moments and just, you know, you could, you got a sense that he was really happy that, you know, we were, we were there with him. It felt like we were all in this sort of big theater troupe ensemble for the summer and we didn't, we didn't want our parents to come back and pick us up, and I think Daniel was was the one who had been to that camp before. You know, he had been to that sort of um, uh, 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 unserious kids making a movie on the side. You know, sort of sort of ensemble because uh, that's what it felt like. We had so much fun. And for Daniel to, to say yes, because this is, this is, you know, he and Ryan's baby, this Knives Out, right? Mm-hmm. And for him to see something in me and, and, and trust me with this role is no small thing. And I just, you know, feel like I, I've gained a, a, a friend for life with Daniel. Yeah.
1: Mm, I love that he's taken BTS.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so cool. so great. And really good. Oh, really good photos.
1: Oh, I believe yeah. it. I mean, he, he's just, he's such a good actor and this character is so, uh, it's so great. And just, and then when you hear him talk, you realize he's got such the English accent and then his Southern
0: accent. It's all just, it's so great. <laughs> you can tell he's having fun with it. Um, yeah, watching him go back and forth. I just have to speak on that, you know, from this British accent and in, in, into this Southern drawl. I mean, it was just remarkable. And, and I'll tell you, like, I saw him a few times have on an actual Walkman, like not Apple headphones, like a '90s, '2000s Walkman cassette, listening to songs, and I was like, "What is going on? Like, why is he? He's about to do like one of these big scenes where he's about to, you know, go in and do that Benoit Blanc thing, and he has this music on. It. He's rocking out. And I asked him after, you know, I, I, after we had we had wrapped, and I was like. I noticed you had those headphones on. What what was that all about? He said that he could not he was having such a great time that for him, keeping the headphones on, staying in the the music world was like a way to be focused so that he could remember what he had to do on screen and to and and to kind of keep him in that Benoit Blanc character. And I thought that was so like that process of just seeing, you know, everybody works differently, but like he used the music to kind of stay focused, Benoit Blanc walks around with a Walkman <laughs> on on set, which I love. I, think it's I cool. love
1: that. And I love that he probably had that on his own. Oh. I can visualize that perfectly. I mean, they do, they do say, though, a thing about acting is that you have to hurry up and wait. Right. It's a process of being ready and then waiting for you to be called up to then act. So there is that mm-hmm. moment where you really ha- you do have to be so focused, right? Because you have to wait for the lighting in your scene. And there's so much technical stuff that goes into it. How do you stay
0: focused? First of all, we shot this in Greece. So I had a lot to be distracted by. I mean, the beautiful ocean. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. The food, the baklava. Mm. Um, again, you know, we're all coming out of our homes, you know, me being on the couch. All of us talk about like how we were just kind of on the couch, walking around, you know, moping in a sense, trying to figure out, well, what is our next thing gonna be? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause things were getting canceled for me specifically. Like there, I didn't know, you know, if, when I was gonna start back working and to just be invited to go to a place like Greece, to go to a place like Serbia, to go to, 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 to be a part of, of this ensemble was just like, mm, the biggest blessing. And so you wanna take it seriously, you know? Um, and it was it was a good mix of like, the people who we did this film with are like really fun. I mean, Katherine Hahn, you know, mm-hmm. you can't help but to laugh when you're around her. Mm-hmm. Like, laughs all day. Like we really enjoyed each other's company and we bonded offset. It was the moments that we were not filming that just allowed for when it was time to film you know, you came back to it with a different level of just responsibility to your to your to your scene partner. You just wanted to be there for them and give them whatever they needed. And and you had you had moments where you could trust them that we were just going to play. And you know, you could feel safe with these folks because you're spending time with each other. Like mm-hmm. we were in a COVID bubble, nobody could get sick. Rom would not have it. The board of you know the producers uh, of the film, he was just like nobody can go to a club. I think he even probably hired some spies to to make sure that we were not you know going outside of that COVID free bubble Mm -hmm. um but i think you just you want to show up for ryan and you want to show up for your castmates and for me i had a lot of heavy lifting to do Mm -hmm. so i turned my phone off i just tell friends and family hey here's when i can talk i fully surrendered to this role and to this part you know, it's a dream role and and nobody knows what it takes for you to do that but you and you just kind of have to tell the team like, hey, you know, I can't, I won't be available via email. I can check in these times. You know, you just have to order your life uh, and and thank God for a team that can help you order your life and and can, you can trust to handle those things when you, you can't be there to micromanage. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I love all the stories. I've talked to so many of your castmates and they all talk about, you know, you all getting together after hours, playing mafia and kind of bonding. <laughs> and, and I did love hearing that, that the chemistry is, is genuine. And I think you yeah. see that in the film you know you really do you see how much you all loved each other that's good off screen and that's good. how much fun you had and everyone loved that you had props <laughs> you would come oh. with your props and and have fun <laughs> at
0: these games and you know oh i would i i'm fully committed to to murder mystery parties i have them with my friends and family around the holidays just a random tuesday And I I may or may not travel with a suitcase full of mustaches and beards and top hats and canes, just fully ready to be the murderer in the murder mystery game. But I always get the villager, always.
1: (laughs) That's so funny. I love that, though. In the mix of, like, actors, you just turned it up another notch, you know, which I just think is basically (laughs) what you do in the film, too. You just turn it all up just another notch and bring a whole other level to it. I've had the privilege of of being on this film from when it premiered in Toronto and following it kind of around the globe. And I know how important fashion is to you and what you communicate through what you wear. There's that time when you only wore black and white early on in your career. Working with you at Vanity Fair, we were always having a discussion. You've had some incredible fashion moments while promoting Glass Onion. What role does fashion play in your expression as an artist?
0: Well, it's changed. I mean, I think I, you know, early on, like you said, you know, it was suits and black and white, like very vigilant for for years. Mm -hmm. Even up until this day, I I put on, I I was impressed the other day. So that's always going to be in black and white and in a suit. And I think that's always going to be a part of my DNA. But I allow myself to play when I do movies and film. I think I play a lot more you know, because you're going, you're going in and out of these characters and you want people to just see, not to see like the Janelle Monet that they think they know. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm reimagining myself. I'm learning new things about myself. And as I learn and I grow and evolve, so does the fashion. And I have to give a shout out to Alexandra Mandelcorn, my, I like to call her my creative co-pilot, mm-hmm. um, because we, you know, we're, we're always in cahoots about like those moments. And I'm so happy that people are paying attention and that, you know, you you saw um, the looks. Um, a lot of people don't know that I did think a lot about Knives Out when I was coming up with those looks. So that first look in, in Toronto at that premiere um, was inspired by an onion. I named it the Glass Onion Goddess of Onion Island. And so <laughs> I, I got a chance to work with a designer who, you know, I had a piece that spoke to that, Iris Van Urban. and. Then for London, Christian Siriano, who is a collaborator with me, like he gets in the paint mm. and he had a couture piece uh, that was red and just bold. And I just thought about murder and like a bloody murder in mm-hmm. London. And it just worked be- for a murder mystery party. And then all the way up into L.A., Elie Saab, uh ha- 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 couture was the dress that I saw. And if you watch the film, there, there's some fire in the film. And that dress just gave me yeah. that that fire that you know that's in it and yeah so i tried to like really be deliberate and intentional about coordinating looks that matched with Ryan Johnson's knives out glass onion
1: mm. And it it's been a joy to watch, I will say. You literally getting out of the car and onto the carpet and and uh, all across the world has been pretty spectacular.
0: Thank you. I want to. Fun. Ta- it's yeah. all about fun. fun. You got to have fun with this. That's
1: yeah. right. And it's like what we say: all we have is time. You got to make the most of the time. Have fun with that time. Make it yeah. special. Make it memorable. I want to take you back a little bit to the beginning. I was trying to remember the first time I ever saw you perform, and I think. Uh, And I was going down a Google rabbit hole, YouTube rabbit hole, because I remember I was at a concert and you were brought on and introduced. And I think you sang like three songs, maybe. And I was just so struck by you, by the by the voice, by the look, by the talent, by all of it. You'd established this incredible music career. And then suddenly you burst into the film scene with Moonlight. I remember seeing that for the first time in Telluride Film Festival. But what was that moment for you that made you shift into movies, that made you want to step in front of the camera in that
0: way? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, a lot of people still don't know that I, I studied acting. I went to school, you know, fresh out of high school and, and, and went to, to study in New York at the American Musical and Dramatics Academy. And I have grew up like there's never a, a, a moment that I can think about like in my middle school, high school years where I wasn't singing on a stage, you know, if it was a cover song or an original song, I was in talent showcases. And then there wasn't a moment where at the same time, I wasn't in a, a, a production, a musical or a straight up and down just theater um, uh, production. And so I've, I've I've grown up doing it, you know, my entire life. And I think that the commonality is just storytelling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have a story to tell. Musically, it needs to be sung. It, it needs to go on tour. It, it has, you know, a world. Um, it has characters, and and then sometimes somebody writes that thing, and you're like, ah, I see myself in this world. You know, um, I I think this is the one. This is the one that I want to break in into the world with, if given the opportunity. And I think Moonlight. Uh, because you mentioned it that was my first role and it just made sense the storyline the the director Barry when I talked to him the moment I talked to him I was like this I really like him as a human and once I knew who the cast was and I I knew who my character was um I I knew that that film when I read that script I was just on a plane just in tears because I was just like the world needs to see this film I know this story I know these characters um they need to be you know they need to be brought to people's attention on a on a a major level and i'm forever indebted to 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 barry and that cast for just you know allowing me an opportunity and everybody involved producers for allowing me an opportunity to make teresa be my first on screen role
1: there are no coincidences i always believe that and i just think it's incredible you know your own creative story is so incredible and i'm excited to see what the next the next things are because it's you have a kind of fearlessness and a married to a kind of persistence that i love and exploring your your own curiosities and you bring us in with you we're along Thank for the you. ride. You're so kind. It's true, though. It's when we kind of navel gaze and we think about ourselves, or why why we're doing these things at at certain periods in our life, or or where we find ourselves in this moment in time. I mean, I wonder is there something that you can think about that from a very young age you just knew that you're you know you always had that desire to experiment and to push and to storytell. Was there a moment for you an yeah. aha
0: moment? I mean, my mom would probably say, you know, I saw this coming. She was always. Uh, uh, you know mimicking the entertainers we show her and wanting to sing and dance and be in the middle of the living room and having the family come and watch me do things and and my mom never told me no my parents never told me no you you can't entertain you can't sing you can't act you can't like they just encouraged me encouraged me by listening to me by you know, allowing me to listen to, 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 to R&B, to gospel, to pop, to watching movies. Like, they took me to go see films. They took me to go see Black films. They took me to go see sci-fi films. Like, it was their early, I think, just, like, opening up my mind early on to what I could do and and, and just never, never limiting that um, for me. You know, I grew up to working-class parents who I saw living check to check and putting on uniforms and all those things and even in the midst of that, like they never they 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 never um missed a talent showcase or missed a a uh a, a, a um a play that I was in, you know?
1: I hear that a lot, actually, the parents play such a big role in, in being supportive, you know? Some people, like, they're either fighting against the no or they've been supported along the way. You've been working with your Wonderland co-founders, Nate Wonder and Chuck Lightning, since you were first getting started in Atlanta. And I know that that's a super important collaborative creative relationship.
0: Yeah, that's a blessing, mm-hmm. you know, to to be able to... Still being the, you know, doing the, still be creating with the same folks you were creating with when you were poor. You didn't know how you were gonna, <laughs> you know, get studio time or uh, I hadn't even been booked for a gig outside of Atlanta. You know, movies were just like so far away from my feet. I was just like, I don't know when I'll be ever be able to get in in a movie. You know, you just didn't see it, and then still for us to be making those things together still and still be best friends and still, you know, there isn't a movie that I do. I'll, obviously we all started working on the music side, but there's not a project that I don't do that I don't send to them and have them read and give their honest opinion on. Um, they are family at this point, And I'm so happy to just be growing with them as I grow and they grow. Uh, we grow together. We get to experience these moments that we built together. Yeah. Mm. It's a beautiful thing.
1: Right, and you guys have a, a a production company now, right? I mean, you're going to be doing we do. a lot of other
0: things, right? We do. We have a film production company. It is a lot of work. <laughs> Thank God, I don't have to run it every day. I found somebody who's great um, for for my head head of development. Uh, I've learned a lot, um, and I just let people do what they're great at doing. I don't need to be in every single room and call. And I can I'm happy that I found some people I can trust to pull those projects in that are special, that are radical, rebellious and, you know, in in collaborating with those radical and rebellious actors and filmmakers who 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 uh, who have something to say and who have a new way of saying it. Mm -hmm.
1: Have you been inspired in particular by anything that surprised you along this journey of of making this movie and all the promotion and the film festivals and everything that goes along with
0: it? I don't know. I think I'm just more grateful, and I I can feel the gratitude around me and from all everybody in the cast. I think we really needed to be in Greece during that time with Ryan making this film. Um, I think that, like most people, you know, the pandemic affected us in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. And I think just like it just reminded us how how much a privilege it is to be able to do this and to not be you know to 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 have your health to have people watching out looking out for your health um yeah like I, I think that you just don't take a moment of it for granted and I think I'm so'm I'm, I'm happy not surprised but I'm just happy I get a chance to see everybody like still grateful still sitting in gratitude around this opportunity and around you know, the experience that we we had making it.
1: Mm, That that kind of goes into my um, last question, which is perfect, (laughs) because I, this season on the podcast, I've been asking everybody about the small wins, Uh, Mm. you know, with everything going on in the world and, and in my own life, you know, I always have to take a moment and just be like, okay, what am I really grateful for? But with the little things, you know, that that add up and and can be big things, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. whether it's a great cup of coffee or I can't believe I didn't hit one red light going on fountain today. (laughs) You know, whatever those small those small little wins that we might ignore otherwise. And so I've been asking everybody, you know, what's what's a small win that you've had lately?
0: I think rest. (laughs) People take and people as in me take rest for granted um, I've finally figured out that I'm at my best. I'm my most present self. I'm my most loving self. I am my most grateful self when I have had a good eight to nine hours of rest. So I don't take being able to sleep through, you know, a night without like taking any kind of sleep aid for granted. Like that is a win for me because when I'm happy, the team feels it. My Castmates feel it. The director feels it. You feel it. Like people I'm interacting with daily feel she's present. She's looking me in the eye. She's, you know, like she's engaged. And I think that I had to like take a look back. Like when I did that Moonlight Hidden Figures run, Mm. it was so new to me. I had never been in films like that. And it was I was on promo for both of them at the same time. I went to the Oscars for both movies. Mm. That was a lot. And then I went to go make an album dirty computer directly after that and actually during that promotion I was making it so I was in like three different worlds at the same time which I'm like oh my god and I just remember not fully being present and I'm just happy to say that today and you know with this project because I had to grow and I had to learn and I had to you know manage um manage my schedule better and just learn to say no and learn to just know when I'm feeling burnt out. I didn't know that then, but I know it now. And that is a win to be able to know that rest is essential to your happiness and to your being present and to your um, being connected genuinely with people, looking them in the eye, thanking them for real, not because you're on autopilot, So I'm thankful for risk.
1: I should tell uh, our listeners too. You had a New York Times bestseller uh, happening a little bit in that run with the Memory Librarian. I mean, it is amazing how prolific you have been, Janelle. (laughs) Like I just when you yes, Moonlight, Hidden Figures. I mean, then obviously Homecoming that that whole second season of that show. You performed at the Oscars. Come on, that performance! I rewatched that.
0: Damn. Oh, thank you. I have been very very blessed to, to have the earth experience that I'm having right now
1: Mm. It's
0: just, um, you know, I, I, I sit in a ocean full of gratitude and I'm thankful for everybody that continues to support me and, um, you know, behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. And, you know, thank you so much for the work that you are doing. And I, I'm happy that we are crossing paths again. You've been doing some wonderful interviews and wonderful work Uh, yourself. So a big pat on the back for you, a big hug. And I'm so happy that I had an opportunity to reconnect with you. And, you know, we're kind of we're going on this journey together. So that's a beautiful thing.
1: It is a beautiful thing. And I and I am here for you. And I am excited that I get to see see your journey and you inspire me and so many other people just to even think, think in bigger, bolder, brighter colors.
0: Oh my goodness. That's how I feel. Yes.
1: All right. So, Janelle. You are wonderful. (laughs) You are wonderful as well. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And um, I will look for you again out there in that big, bold, beautiful, bright world.
0: Yes. Let's (laughs) do it. All right. Thank you for having me. Take care. Glass Onion
1: and Knives Out Mystery is streaming now on Netflix. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Krista Smith, your host and creator of the show. Skip Intro is produced and edited by Isabel Arricchio and engineered by Dave Corwin. Special thanks to our coordinator, Alyssa Hillman. Please subscribe, rate, and review Skip Intro wherever you've been listening. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Krista Smith. If you enjoy the podcast, please go to NetflixQ.com for more. That's NetflixQUEUE.com.